Good morning. How are you guys today? Good. Good to see you this morning. So sometimes when we have these children's devotions, I just come up here and I talk to you. Sometimes I bring something to show you. Uh, That would be called a visual aid. So if I'm bringing something to show you, I'm hoping that by seeing it and by learning the picture that I'm teaching you with the thing that you're seeing, that'll help you remember the point as you go home and remember the things that you saw. So we're going to try that today. Okay, we have a visual aid. <clears throat> They're these creepy little things with weird eyes. Okay, this one, his name is Hosea. And this one is Gomer. Now, God told Hosea that he had to be friends with Gomer. He had to, no choice. But there was a problem. God also told Hosea that Gomer was going to be mean to Hosea all the time and only be mean. Is that easy or hard? That's hard, right? If you have to be friends with someone who's always going to be mean to you, if Gomer's always being mean to Hosea, but God says, Hosea, no matter what, even though Gomer's mean to you, you have to be friends with Gomer. Man, that's hard, right? This is a picture from our sermon text for today. All right, God, there's a real guy in our sermon text named Hosea, and he had to marry a woman named Gomer, and she was only mean to him all the time. And then God said, but you have to keep loving her. Even though she's mean to you, you have to love her and love her and love her. And it was a picture to teach the people of Israel about their relationship with God. You see, in the picture, we are Gomer, Hosea's God. We are always mean to God because our sins are always hurting God. And he says, and yet I love you, I love you, I love you. Even though you sin, even though you're mean to me, I show you love over and over and over again. That was God's promise to his people through the prophet Hosea. He has fulfilled that promise to you and me through our Savior Jesus God shows his love even to unlovable people like us through Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us to always, always focus on your love. You love people like us even when we hurt you with our sin. You continually show us love over and over and over again. Help us to better appreciate your love for us as we hear the story of Hosea and Gomer today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen portion of God's Word that we will focus our attention on for a few minutes today comes from the Old Testament prophet Hosea, chapter 1. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go, take to yourself an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness, because the land is guilty of the vilest adultery in departing from the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Dibliam, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to Hosea, Call him Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day, I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. Then the Lord said to Hosea, Call her Lo Ruhamah, 
For I will no longer show love to the house of Israel, that I should at all forgive them. Yet I will show love to the house of Judah, and I will save them not by bow, sword, or battle, but by, or by horses and horsemen, but by the Lord their God. After she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, Gomer had another son. Then the Lord said, Call him Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. Yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted. In the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, they will be called sons of the living God. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will be reunited, and they will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. This is the word of our God. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Can you remember the first time you had your heart broken? When we use the phrase, stabbed in the back, it's because we didn't see it coming. Maybe the first time you had your heart broken was a friend who you thought you could trust, but they just stabbed you when you weren't looking. Maybe it was a high school relationship that you had big hopes for that did not work out the way you hoped that broke your heart. Maybe it was an engagement that never made it to to marriage. Can you remember the first time you had your heart broken? I, I bet you can. Sin in any kind of relationship causes pain. Sometimes the pain is so intense and hits us right here, you can understand where the phrase heartbroken came from. Sin in relationships can hurt a lot. Before we talk more about Hosea and Gomer, just a little review of the kingdom of Israel. You're all probably familiar with King David and his son, King Solomon. They're the the two kings that had the united kingdom, right? It was one powerful kingdom under their reign. But then when Solomon's reign came to an end, his son, Rehoboam, only ruled over a couple, two two of the tribes down in the south, Judah and Benjamin around Jerusalem. But there were these 10 tribes to the north that were led by a new king, a king who was not a descendant of David and Solomon. He he really didn't have any right to the throne. But now you got this divided kingdom, the northern tribe of Israel, the northern kingdom of Israel with 10 tribes, the southern kingdom of Judah with the two. Judah's king is a rightful king in the sense that he's a descendant of David, But the kings of the north never really had the right to the throne. And from there, it was just a disaster, especially in the northern kingdom. One king after the next, doing all sorts of wicked things, leading their people away from the Lord, drawing them toward idol worship, one train wreck after the next. You're probably familiar with a number of the stories from the northern kingdom. If you remember anything about Elijah's time as prophet, It's all northern kingdom events. 
He was dealing with one particularly wicked king, Ahab, and his wicked wife, Jezebel. That was the account where Elijah issued a challenge to the 450 prophets of Baal. You remember that one? They each had an altar with a a, a sacrifice on it. And Elijah said, you call to your God, I'll call to mine. We'll see whose God is real. Of course, the Lord is the only real God. He rains down fire to consume the altar. And all those prophets of Baal were killed. Jezebel gets mad, threatens to kill Elijah, and God promises that Ahab and Jezebel are not going to have their descendants rule for much longer. We'll come back to that in just a minute. So Hosea is serving in that northern kingdom, and it's bad. It's real bad. The people have abandoned the Lord. They had his promises of love and forgiveness, As the creator and the preserver and the provider, God was caring for them as he does for all of his creation. But God had promised to do more than care for them physically. He promised to care for them spiritually, to send them this descendant of David who would restore the kingdom, make it an eternal kingdom, who would forgive them all their sins. And yet as God promises his love and displays it day after day, they've run off with other gods They've committed spiritual adultery. And so God asks this prophet Hosea in the northern kingdom, we're going to use your life as a visual aid to teach the people how wicked they are and to teach them about my relationship with them. And so, as you may have heard, go take to yourself an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness. Now, the interesting thing there is, in Hebrew, it's the same word for adulterous and unfaithfulness. An adulterous wife and children of adultery? A wife of fornication and children of fornication? What's that say about these kids? Probably not Hosea's. Probably none of them are Hosea's. Hosea, you're going to take to yourself a wife who will not be faithful to you, who will sleep with others and conceive children that are not your own. And here are the names you are to give to them. The first one, the first son, Jezreel. And the reason I started with all the history lesson is because in order to understand the significance of the name Jezreel, we got to begin to get that picture of the two kingdoms back in our head. Because in the northern kingdom, is where the Sea of Galilee is. And if you could picture, so in Jesus' day, right, you got the Mediterranean Sea over here, the Sea of Galilee up here, there was this valley that ran from the northwest to the southeast called the, the Valley of Jezreel. It was just to the southwest of Galilee. And in that valley, some pretty horrible things had taken place. It was a very fertile valley, and in that valley was this city called Jezreel, and that's where the kings of the north lived. Well, long story short, referenced in our text was the massacre of Jehu. Jehu was a king who was not descended of the kings who also didn't have the right to the throne. So remember how I said the kings of the north did not have the right to the throne? Well, God used Jehu to destroy Ahab's family so that none of them would ever rule again. But he did so in such a violent way 
that God promised Jehu that only four generations of his descendants would rule before the whole thing would fall apart. At the time of Hosea, we're in the third generation of Jehu's descendants. So basically what happened was Jehu killed two of the sons of Ahab and took the throne. He looked up to a balcony where Queen Jezebel stood and said, who's with me? And three servants said, we are. And he said, throw her down. And so she got thrown down. Then he sent out message to the surrounding villages where 70 of Ahab's sons lived. And Jehu said, kill them all and send evidence of their death back to me. And he took that evidence of their death and he piled it by the gates of Jezreel. What's the point of this name, Jezreel? It's to draw to mind what an absolute disaster, what a miserable, murderous, bloody train wreck the kingdom of the north had become. If you heard the word Jezreel when this boy's name was called and you did not think of all the bloodshed and the massacre and the discord that the northern kingdom of Israel had begun, you were, had begun to live, you were living under a rock The name of Jezreel carried a lot of significance. The kingdom was a mess. The second two names don't take quite as much explanation. Gomer conceived a daughter. Can you imagine Hosea holding this daughter in his arms? Probably not his own. Would you love that daughter? If your spouse was unfaithful to you and you held in your arms a a child that was not your own, would you show love to that child? That would be hard. God says, name her not loved. Every time you called her name, you would be calling her not loved. And after not loved was weaned, Gomer conceived again. Once again, probably not Hosea's son. This one you will name Lo-Ami, not my people. And as you hold Lo-Ami in your arms, (laughs) I guess it's kind of true, huh? He is not your people. And his descendants will not be your people because his father is another man. Could you love children like this? That would be hard, wouldn't it? And yet Hosea's command was, you love your wife and you love these children no matter what. And before the Israelites, God holds Hosea and Gomer and their three children and says, this is us. This is us. You are guilty of the vilest adultery sleeping with other gods in broad daylight. What does this have to do with us? So many thousands of years later. God's love for us is no different than it was for them. In fact, we understand the the fullness of God's love today even better than they did back then. The God who created us is the same God who preserves us and provides for us every single day as he provides all that is needed for body and life. 
He's the God who has promised to to not only sustain us physically, but spiritually now and forever. As he promised and, and fulfilled the promise to send his one and only son to redeem us, to forgive our sins, to rise from the dead and assure us that eternal life and peace with God is ours forever. The same love is ours. As it was for the people in Hosea's day. And yet, what do we see? We see idolatry all around. The devil's allures are strong and his pickup lines are great. Not satisfied with your spouse, he says. <laughs> Happiness is just a click away. Not enough money in your bank account? Well, here's a poor schlub who will easily be taken advantage of by someone as clever as you. Having a rough week? You know, Hostess went out of business, but that was probably the best business decision they ever made because they're back and you could buy Twinkies again. How about a box of Twinkies? And you could wash it down with my friends Jack and Jim. Maybe you prefer Jose. Do we mildly date the Lord casually? We show up for a date once a week. Maybe we come to church, eh, maybe once a month. We, we date the Lord casually, but then on Monday nights, we cozy up with complaining. On Wednesday nights, we bond with bitterness. On Fridays, maybe we dance with the devil. Spiritual adultery is just as real a threat to you and to me as it was to them. And the picture of Hosea and Gomer convicts us every bit as much today as it did then. Who of us deserves the love of God? When we have so often run off after other gods, other sources of goodness and comfort, not a one of us deserves God's love, and yet, He loves. He never stops loving you. Not even once. Listen again to what he says in verses 10 and 11. Yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore which cannot be measured or counted in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. They will be called sons of the living God. So in the place where I call my people, not my people, in a place where their sins make it clear that they are not loved and not my people, I will make them my sons and daughters again. This is my promise. And here's the really cool part. You ready? The people of Judah and the people of Israel will be reunited and they will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land for great will be the day of Jezreel. Mediterranean Sea, Sea of Galilee up here, Valley of Jezreel. You know what's right in the heart of the Valley of Jezreel? A city called Nazareth, where Jesus was raised. You know what's just a few miles to the southeast of Nazareth? A little city called Nain, where Jesus, upon approaching that city, saw a funeral procession. A young man who was being carried out to be buried. 
And Jesus walked up to that stretcher that was carrying that dead man and raised him from the dead and gave him back to his mother. You know who the one is who would unite the kingdom? (laughs) Who would bring this great eternal kingdom out of the ashes of disaster? Who would do it right in the place where it all fell apart and got the most messy? It's your Savior, Jesus. One leader appointed to reunite the mess, not in an earthly sense, not to make Israel this great earthly power, but to build a new kind of kingdom, a kingdom built on the foundation of love and forgiveness unlike anything the world has ever seen. You want to talk about a broken heart. You want to talk about pain caused by sin in relationships. How about the moment when the father placed the cumulative sins of the world on his son? And he endured a broken heart unlike a heart that has ever been broken before. The one leader, the king who would unite the kingdom, is the one who allowed all the sins of the world to be placed on him so that he could suffer their consequences. Those sins caused a broken heart to his father unlike any ever. And the father laid into his son the way we deserve to be laid into for our sins. But Jesus took it so that you and I wouldn't have to. Jesus took it so that we could be showed love unlike any other. Jesus died our death And then he rose victoriously. Because we do not have a king who is dead, but a king who is very much alive and who rules now and who will rule forever. The picture of Hosea and Gomer is one that will never be out of style in this sinful world. Take this picture home with you today. May it be a reminder for you that no matter how much you sin, No matter how unfaithful you are to your God, your God will never stop loving you. Amen.